0: Welcome to International Love Story, a podcast about long-distance and multicultural relationships. Mo and Juli are our guests for today's episode and I don't want to make this intro too long as we are going to talk for quite a while with Juli and Mo. Um, So this is going to be one of our longest podcast episodes so far, but... You can't just summarize a relationship of six years in 30 minutes. And as you will listen to this episode, so what's going to expect you is us talking about the difficulties of a long distance relationship and a multicultural relationship. And also what to expect when closing the distance, because the work is not done with closing the distance.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation. We are
0: honored to be here.
2: Yeah, very exciting to be part of your podcast.
0: Thank you for your time. So we know that you're super busy lately, but we'll talk about that later. We are super curious who Mo and Juli are. So where are you guys from? What are you you doing? Where did you meet? Tell us all about you.
2: All right, I'm Mok from the northern part of Germany, close to the Danish border. I am 29 years old, going to turn 30 in March, and I'm married to my beautiful Colombian wife since a long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my name is uh, Juliana uh, I'm from Bogotá, Colombia, the capital city. I am 35 years. I love Dance, create,
0: um, love, my husband, and of course, coaching. Yeah, before we jump into that, because that's also, of course, a major part of you, and we think it's just amazing the work you're doing. Uh, This is how we found you. We found you on Instagram a few months ago already when we started doing the podcast, and I was actually amazed by how many personal things you are sharing and how you're not afraid to talk openly about challenges of long distance relationship couples um and that really inspired me and that really made me think so i'm so so happy that we finally have the chance to yeah welcome you here and i said it last time already when we had the pre call but i really chased you um to this moment recording with you guys so it's so cool to finally have you in our podcast
1: i thank you very much very excited really really excited to be part of this yeah and help another couple to understand what is distance relationship but especially having a multicultural relationship
2: exactly i think the clue long distance is like a good moment to start telling about how we met. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Let's start. All right. In touch. <laughs> Who
2: wants to tell the story? You, please. And to what degree of detail do you want this?
1: No, no, not so many details because this is a podcast, but you, please. All right.
2: So <laughs> we actually met in real life. We met in Barcelona in 2014. I was in Barcelona for an internship. I worked there for months with a company doing kind of like apartments to rent out to tourists and things like that and I was a little bit in charge of like managing the apartments.
1: And I was doing there my master of the study that I did that is part of uh, what I do in my life but it's not like everything. And we met there um, in a
3: rooftop.
2: The story how we met is kind of funny because of course Going out to nightclubs in Barcelona when you live in Barcelona is a main thing to do at night. And uh, that particular night we met, um, neither of us actually wanted to go out. I was extremely tired and I wanted to hit the feathers early that day.
1: And I didn't want to get out because uh, we partied with my friends all the week. And I said, please, I need to rest But they didn't let me they took my backpack and i have to go to pick it up because i didn't have the keys of my house and of course they catch me they put me a dress and they said we are partying tonight
2: for me it was quite a similar story i was already in my pjs ready to hit the feathers you know (laughs) like the whole story Uh, and then it knocked on my door and um One of my best friends, who I actually met in Barcelona too, he knocked on the door and he said, I'm not leaving until you come with me. I was like, well, okay. (laughs) I guess I don't (laughs) have a chance. He was like, yeah, you have to come. It's like you're in Barcelona. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so don't miss out on anything. You can. And I I think basically he was right.
1: Yeah, definitely was destiny. We definitely had to meet that night. Bueno. He was already in the rooftop. And when I get there with my friends, I didn't brush my teeth. So I need a gum. So my mouth smells well because you never know what can happen in Barcelona in a night. So I decided to, I saw him, a very handsome, I have to say, and tall guy. And I said, I saw him and he was eating gum. And I went to him. Before that, I said to my friend, I'm going to kiss this guy tonight. <laughs> and after that I saw him and I said okay, I'm going to do the first step and I went there and I said, do you have gum?
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, indeed I had gum I had two different flavors of gum so I whipped them out and I said sure, what flavor would you like? He
1: took the two gums of his pocket and he was like <laughs> what gum do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and of course I saw them, I didn't like both of the flavors but <laughs> I took one and uh, after that, I started to ask him, okay, where are you from?
2: And that's where we had our first intercultural conflict, basically, because I was being very, very northern German in that moment. Barcelona was pretty much my first experience abroad, alone, like really mixing into the people and like going out and I was being really German.
1: Yes. So the conversation was like, I I asked and you respond. Okay. Uh, So the conversation was, hey, hey, hello, what is your name? Maurice. I didn't understand. So I was like, what? Maurice. What? Mo. Okay, Mo. Um, And where are you from? Germany. Ah, and what part of Germany?
2: Flensburg.
1: I ah, super. And where is Flensburg?
2: Close to the Danish border.
1: I know. So after that, I said, this guy is not interesting. Like, he really didn't ask absolutely anything. <laughs> yes. Anything. And I was like, no, okay, I will not kiss this guy.
0: Yeah. And I went away. So I need to interrupt right now. So for everyone who's listening, you can't see Juli right now. She is talking with her hands. She's like, ah, oh, typical Latin American. <laughs> so cool to see that. <laughs> but yeah, sorry for interrupting. I just feel like it's very interesting. And it's also very interesting that you, Juli, made the first step because I feel like after all the couples, after all the couples we talk to, in 80%, it's the woman that makes the first step. And that's so crazy. I don't know if things shifted the last years. We're more
1: empowered
0: of ourselves, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, it could be. I
2: think it has to do a lot with the emancipation of women and that through the emancipation, I think
4: initiative
1: and empowered them over their own self.
4: Yeah, exactly.
1: I think yeah. that is the most important thing.
4: So <laughs> what happened after, yeah, after such a a combo?
1: An amazing multicultural conversation was really the best thing that we have. Now
4: that I
2: think back, I mean, I have developed my personality quite a lot uh, since that day and like my international uh, understanding of different cultures and everything. But now thinking back, of course, I was being a typical Northern German guy, you know, because, you know, you you probably know what I'm talking about in nutshell too. Yeah.
0: I dated a few northern German guys, yeah, and I'm northern myself, so I am like this i I was like this, I'm not like this anymore, but I know what you're talking about
4: in my case, it was i think it was more playful, but then again, she was on vacation, she wasn't really under the stress of work or anything
0: and I had um I changed my point of view before I went to Miami, so I felt like something changed inside of me, so I wasn't the typical northern german girl when we met mm. so it was easier for you mm. and also i made you drunk so that's another topic
3: but yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good very good yeah. <laughs> right.
0: so the conversation started not as good as you wish for when starting dating a guy
1: not- At all, like this was our like mo said our first conflict. It was like no, no,
2: no, no. Because at that point, none of us knew anything about the culture of each other. Right, and I think if you had known about northern German guys, maybe you would have understood.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Of course, that is not a very sympathetic culture. I think you know if you get to know northern Germans. We can be very warm and friendly, but cracking on openness is difficult.
1: Exactly. So, okay, after that, we drink something like some wine or beer. I don't remember exactly what was there. And then our friend said, okay, it's time to go to the club. And uh, we share a taxi together. That for me, that was super weird because like he was like very in Spanish. We said, very antipatico,
3: uh-huh.
1: like not nice guy. And I was like, <sighs> okay, let's go. So he was in the window. Then we have one of my best friends in the middle and I was in the other window and I was talking with another friend in my phone because I was like, I'm going to have a good time, but this guy is not nice. So I'm not going to talk to him again. <laughs> and um, <laughs> our common friend. <laughs> was talking and he's like very social he's from holland and he's very social and he's like really sympathetic and so he was very nice but i was concentrating concentrating having my conversation in the phone and i didn't know since few months ago that mo was like he told me that for him was really weird that i was in the phone no
2: yeah i mean of course now, thinking back, I kind of understand, but at that point, I didn't see it that way, you know, uh, kind of like, okay, we were having all a good time and we were all having a good conversation in the taxi. And I was thinking, why is she on her phone and not participating? Uh, another cultural thing, I think.
1: Exactly. Because in Colombia, we use a lot our phones. And I noticed that here in Germany, they they don't. Like, They it's really nice that you see it in the in the table and no one used the phone and you sit in the living room and no one used the phone. And that is really amazing. Like they respect the moment you are here, you are in the present. And I learned that, but in that time was another conflict.
2: So it wasn't off to a good start, no? Yes. <laughs> but we arrived in the nightclub and um, because we like to dance and everything, like to have a good time, we went into an area that played Latin music exclusively. Mm-hmm. and we were having a good time dancing.
1: Yeah, and then I saw that the cousin of my friend was very interesting in Mo because, of course, I I was like, yeah, I'm i, I am not going to talk to this guy, but for me, he was really handsome, so I, I wanted to try again, but I saw that the cousin of my friend was interesting of him because he was talking to me, asking what he said and how he was when I asked for the gum and everything, so I was like, nah, I'm not going to, like talk again with me because really i don't want to be in this woman conflict for a guy so i said to my girlfriend that let's go uh, to the international part of the of the club and uh, see what we can mm-hmm. catch
3: there mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's like fishing <laughs> so we went there <laughs> Exactly. Fishing. Uh, we went there and we didn't saw nothing interesting so we came back and I decided to order a beer. And I was in the bar and...
2: Yeah, well, I saw her. How she ordered her beer. And I was like, all right. Let's like see and see what happens. So I grabbed her hand and asked her, do you want to dance with
1: me? And I was like, of course. Yeah. Let's go and dance. After that, we danced the whole night. It was really, really nice. That? Um, but for me, it was, again he was already a little bit drunk and he started to ask me okay where are you from what is your name uh, i want to know everything about you and that was not common when you go and dance in the club because if you see it in this perspective of i was 28 years you were partying i was single Usually you go to clubs and the Spanish are very direct. So if they want to kiss you, they kiss you. And if they want to fuck with you, they said to you, I want to fuck with you. Like they they are not like, hi, how are you? What is your name? No, they said, I want to fuck with you. So for me, it was very weird. Please don't think that I'm not
3: like
1: <laughs> super liberal girl, because indeed I'm not. Um, but... For me, it was very weird that he was like, I only want a kiss." And he was like, what is your name? Where, what does your father do? Your mother? What they work? Tell me everything. What they study? And I was like, I only want to kiss this guy. Why? Well, he's asking me everything. Sadly,
0: he knows how to talk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I wanted to talk, but she didn't want to talk anymore. <laughs> of course, we had a good conversation. And then I asked her if I was allowed to kiss her.
1: That was very sweet for him.
2: And then she said, of course.
1: Of course, yes. And
2: we kissed.
1: And that was the first. He said that he fell in love. I have to be honest, I did for me. Was like, ah, nice guy. And after that, uh, the night was over. And our friend from Holland, he said, ah, he live near to your house can you please take him? He don't know how to get there. And I was like, "Uh, there is Google Maps? And he was like, no, please take him. And I was like, "Mm, okay, let's go. So we went walking there and whatever. And when we were there in his building, we were kissing and everything. And then I said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 23. And I was like, oh man, no. Goodbye. like oh my god no i am like in spanish you said it i am a saltacunas that means like how do you say that in english like i don't know like I am... at that point he had 29 and i
2: was 23.
1: so yeah. i was like no 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 this is not correct so i said nice to meet you goodbye and i went away yeah oh,
0: and you broke his heart oh nice <laughs> Yes. Is it it was
2: shattered in a thousand pieces. <laughs> and actually, I, of course, asked for a phone number when we were still in the club. And she said, I don't have a phone.
1: That's true. That's so true.
2: I kind of felt like, okay, she's not interested because your phone was stolen. But your friend made a very good move and uh, connected me with you on Facebook. <laughs> and then <laughs> after that night, I wrote her on Facebook, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to meet up, do something? And she always had an excuse not to meet me.
1: No, that is not true. Like, <laughs> I have my like, plans. I, I, I like I was like, the day that the first night I have a dinner with friends in my house, the next day I have another party, the next day I have a brunch party. that like, was like, I have plans.
2: Exactly. Well, it was true because one day... Um, we managed to figure out the time and the place where to meet. And we went on a date together on a Sunday.
1: Yeah, that was very, very nice. I have to say very cute for me because I didn't expect that he, like he said, well, bueno, let's meet in this point of Barcelona. And then he, when we met, he brought um, rosé wine and we went to the beach and we drink there. And I was like, and then again, me because he was like, He cannot do the first step. I was like, How do you say in German, give me a kiss? And he was like, and he killed me. And I was like, Ah, okay. So give me a kiss. And he was like,
0: He didn't catch. (laughs) I was like, Give me a kiss. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. We were in the same situation. So I make Natural drunk. And then we were sitting at at a nice restaurant. It was a restaurant bar. bar yeah but it was like it's still our favorite spot in Miami and we were sitting there and we had something to drink I couldn't drink that much because I had to drive and then he was looking like he was sitting next to me like we're sitting next to each other now which was super weird for me I've never made such an experience before dating a guy the first time and we were so close already and then he looked me deep into (laughs) my eyes and he was like how do you say can I kiss you in German and I was like (laughs) can ich dich küssen? <laughs> so I didn't think anything. And he was like, how? like, can I dich kissen? And he was like, can I dich kissen? And, like, and he was like, what? And he was like again, can I dich kissen? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize
3: either. Very nice.
0: Very very nice. Very good, Nacho.
1: Yeah. Latin
3: Americans,
1: definitely.
0: <laughs> but Mo didn't catch up on that.
1: No. He didn't until I said, I am telling you, you give me a kiss. <laughs> and then he said, yes, of
2: course. It was a very nice day. It was uh, on the beach, very quiet. We had the W and, and on to our right side, it's a hotel. Mm-hmm. Like nobody was there. It was a very nice day, very nice yeah. night. And then, uh, I mean, I think damon beso and Dame la mano were the first Spanish sentences that I learned
1: from Yeah. That. That you have to say it in English because, it was uh, yeah, that
2: was of course. Dame Bezos, give me a kiss, and Dame la mano is give me
1: your hand
3: exactly uh,
1: after that. Our story, I think, started definitely. Like after that night, we was the last week, um, formal in Barcelona. Oh, really? Yeah, so for me, that's why I was not in love, and I was like, okay, this guy is super nice, and we party a lot in that week again, and then we like went to restaurants and we were together, but really I was for me was like a summer love, nothing else. And then the last night we went to party again and he said I, I didn't pack. I have to pack because I'm going in two hours. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. you home and you pack and there you go. Yeah,
3: so this, that part.
2: exactly. So my flight back home was the next morning and we spent the night in the nightclub and I, I realized I forgot to pack. And <laughs> 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 Very German of you. We went to my apartment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we went to my apartment and I packed and we talked and we had a good time. And um, I was like okay can you take me to the train station because I was ready to to take the train to the airport and Juli was like you're not gonna make it no way if you take the train now so you called me a taxi the taxi arrived and I opened the door we we kissed of course very passionately (laughs) and I said te amo
1: and I was like what what are you saying (laughs) and I see. Uh, we have to explain this part because in Spanish there are a lot of ways to say yeah. I love you, te amo. In English you say I love you, but in Spanish, so when you say te amo, it's like the the highway of love. <laughs> so I was like, no, I think that you want to say te quiero, like that is like the last level of love. And he was like, no, te amo. I was like... No. <laughs> I'd like do you know what that means? And he said, "Yes, I love you." And I was like, "Exactly. I think you're wrong." I didn't say nothing. But uh-huh. <laughs> being honest, like I said, I was not in love. Uh he took the the taxi and of course we said, "Okay. We said, "Very nice to meet you." I, and he said, "You have to come and visit me in Flensburg. And I was like, "Yeah. Mm, okay. We will see. Goodbye." And he went away, and for me, Mm -hmm. being honest, for me, that was over. Like, uh, what a nice
0: guy, but for me, that was over. Yeah, but
2: she wrote a letter with the title, Never Forget, sorry I interrupted you.
0: When you said T.A. Momo, were you aware of the meaning of it?
2: Yeah, of course, 100%. You were. I was super ready to say I love you. Uh,
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know, I was thinking about uh, you not doing your your luggage and how i said that's that's very german of you but then at the same time like unconsciously kind of like you wanted to stay seems like or you wanted to lose the flight or train or you know we we also have a saying for that in in spanish and i guess in english or in deutsch is uh, there's also something similar which is um cabeza enamorado uh or yeah the head,
0: the head in love or something yeah, like this.
4: Yeah, brain in love, kind of.
0: For me, it was super weird that, like, really, I didn't
1: understand how he could say in, in, like, one week and a half, Te amo.
0: I was like, no, no, this guy yeah. is crazy.
2: But I was ready.
0: Uh, Juli, what you don't know is that normally it takes a long time for a German, no matter if it's male or female, to say Tiamo, amo. And to he really felt for you, so he really had strong feelings and taking into account that he was young I mean that was a few years ago you were twenty two you said right twenty three and twenty three is normally in nature, especially for men, where you still have to figure out where life is going to lead you. so most probably you're not thinking at all um where you see yourself in a couple of years, so. And twenty-three-year-old German guy saying to you "Ti amo" after one and a half weeks. This is so crazy. Yes.
1: Totally agree. That's why I couldn't believe that he was feeling that after a few years, like one year together. He said, "I really meant it," and I was like, "Okay," but it was difficult to believe it because even for. Even from Colombia, when you are, get older, it's more complicated to say I love you because, of course, you are more picky with so many things. Mm. So for me, it was super difficult to believe that even that I have good relationships and everything in my past, I was like, no, this guy is like, he don't understand the
4: <laughs> He made an impact.
1: Definitely. Yeah, the <laughs> I not totally. Like
4: I was like in shock.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> Without words. With, uh, but as you said, Nacho, I was ready to lose my passport. Of course, in Europe it doesn't matter, but um metaphorically spoken, I was ready to lose my passport and live in Barcelona forever with this woman. <laughs> I was hoping nobody reminded me of my flight back home. Mm. It was a very, very difficult flight. Especially because the letter he wrote. With the title Never Forget.
1: Yeah. He really made an impact in that week because he said so many things and he did so many nice things that of course I said, Okay, this is a summer love that I will never forget. It wasn't just a summer love. <laughs> exactly. It was six years later we are here.
0: So this letter you wrote, Roli, you were describing what a good time you had with him, but without the attention to schedule another meeting, because he was living at that time, he was living in Germany, and you were still in Barcelona. So you just felt like you have to communicate what you were feeling in those one and a half weeks but you didn't think still that you will manage to see each other again.
1: Exactly, yes. Like, uh, I am a person that I have to communicate my feelings, whatever it is. And uh, for me, it was important that you know about that, even though we
0: were not going, for me, we were not going to see each other again. So, yes. I think it's crazy because thinking about it, you said that there were a few communication problems I mean, Mo wasn't speaking Spanish, your English wasn't most probably as good as it's nowadays, and you still managed to communicate. So I feel like the action you took, Mo, in that case, it meant so much more than the words behind it, and Juli felt it, so Juli felt that this is a very special person because he is acting the way, he, what he's saying. So what he says and how he acts. Yeah, totally. That's super rare. If you find someone like this, because not just the same, so I couldn't... It took a while for me to trust him, but then I realized everything he says comes with an action. So he really means everything he's saying, 1,000%. And that was also the moment I started trusting him 1,000%, even though if it took a while, but eventually I got there.
1: One of the things that... um. I learned with Mo is that you can communicate with silence, talk in silence. Like communications is, is not only with the body, is not only with words, is with silence too. And I learned that with him and is like one of our good things when we go to Colombia and we are with my family or friends that we can communicate each other through the living room. He is in a corner, and I am in the other corner, and we can communicate with silence. And that is very important when you are in a multicultural a relationship. Yeah, too. so true. Especially with a German, I think for you too, communication really is extremely important. To communicate in silence.
0: Mo took his flight to back to Germany, and Julie decided to write him a letter what did you say or how did you react more when reading this letter
2: well i was quite emotional you know because i thought i'd never see her again and then i had this letter and it, it she was listing all the nice moments and the nice like memories that i had of this very very amazing time with her in this city and i was very emotional reading it and i'm getting emotional right now actually. <laughs> Because I thought I'm I'm not very good at goodbyes, and I was not ready to say goodbye.
3: <laughs>
1: I was <thinking> <laughs> After that, we said goodbye. Um, Mo is like a old guy. He used was amazing because when he get to Flensburg, and he started to call like in the past when boys call you, and I was like, this is amazing. Like it's not by chat. So I love it. Like he really didn't wrote me too much. Uh, He called me and we talked hours and hours and hours when I was in Barcelona. And I love it because it was like, yeah, like for me, I I have to say plus um, my English, like you said, was not in this level that I have now. Sometimes I didn't know how to say the word, so I go around and an explanation so he know what is the word that I wanted to say because the English of Mo is very good. My English was, let's say not good, was normal. Uh, Like Mo can understand understand whatever I said, but I didn't know a lot of vocabulary and I was really scared. I, I was, I had in my past issues with my English. So, Mo helped me a lot to develop, and I noticed that I knew English better than I thought. I said, "Okay, this guy is making me a better person in a lot of aspects," and I start to love that. So he said to me, "I would like you to come and visit me," but I already had plans with my friends to go to different parts of Europe uh, because if you come, of course, from Latin America to study to. Europe you usually travel too, so you have to pay everything in your the Latino American money of your country, and that is a lot when you convert in euros. So of course you plan everything with a lot of time and blah blah blah. So I said, okay, I can go when I um finish my thesis and then I can be there like a week. But to plan this, I thought about it a lot because even though he was a good guy and whatever, I, I didn't know where I was going. No one knew me. I didn't, like, I, it was my first time to go to Germany.
2: And your friends were warning you. Yeah, like... Germans are not so nice.
1: Are you, are you sure you want to go? But at the same time, my roommate, that she's a really nice girl, she, t- she told me, no, go I will know where you are. So if something happened, you call me. And I was like, and what? You cannot go there. Like, (laughs) something happened, what? And I really was thinking that was the worst thing. I was thinking that he was going to kidnap. I will never see again my family. Like the worst. The worst things, I thought. I went.
2: It was not that easy. No. No.
1: In our life, nothing. Nothing. Nothing is easy since the beginning. Talking was not easy, and going and met him again was not easy because I went to the airport, yes, like super happy. And then I went there, and they said, You missed the flight. And they were like,
3: No, oh.
1: no, I didn't miss the flight. Like, look. And they said, Uh, this flight was in the morning,
2: yeah. They rescheduled yes, the flight, they
1: rescheduled the flight
2: earlier time.
1: three hours early, and I was like. They didn't send me anything. And they said, here in the system, they said that yes. And I was like, I don't have more money. I
3: cannot no. know what to see him up again.
1: And I was like, I start to cry. And I was like, this is impossible. And then a friend that I have there in Barcelona, he said, I will help you. What do you need? So he booked another ticket and Mo said, I will pay it. And he, they said, we have another ticket for the next day. Not that day. And I was like, okay. So we did it again. Everything. And the next day I went, and finally we met again. Yeah, was very nice. The weather was was summer. Yeah, summer in North. It was Germany?
2: actually very good weather. It was very unusual good weather in in that week.
1: Yeah, that's true. But summer in yeah Frankfurt summer
2: in Flensburg is is not what you imagine when I use the word summer.
1: Yes, it's like
2: it's more like fall. Oh, yeah,
1: exactly. And okay. <laughs> Was very cold, so I went there, and he showed me everything. He was very nervous because he said, "Why do I can offer her to come to this town? Well, this city is so little and doesn't have nothing. And of course, I come from the capital of Colombia and from Barcelona. They have a lot of things." And I said, no, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I want to be with you. In that week, he said to me, I, I would like to go to a castle and to a lake and we go and walk my dogs. But my dogs are in the house of my mom. And I was like, oh, OK. Until that time, no one of my family knew about Mo. Because for me, Mo was like a summer love, even that we were talking and whatever i was like distant relationship we will not make it because indeed in my past i have a lot of distant relationship in the three uh-huh. so i said one more this is not going to work <laughs> we went to the house of my mom your mom and i said no i'm going to wait in the car of course and we get there and he parked and he said you are not going to go- get down and come and i was like "Eh, no why like your family know about me and he was like yes i showed my mom a photo i told my mom everything i was was like what this guy is crazy
3: moving fast
1: (laughs) too fast (laughs) for me too fast so it was like no, why can't I? Don't understand anything. And he was like, Yeah, they want to meet you, and my my family is there. And I was like, But look how I am dressed. I am not dressed to meet your mom. In my culture, that is very important how you dress and how you put, and you have to be perfect to meet your mother in law. And like, what, like, I was like, No. And he was like, You are perfect. You're perfect.
2: She met my parents. We were there for like a little bit, and then we took the dogs. And went to, for a nice walk around a very nice castle, a little bit outside of Flensburg.
1: And of course, being there, they, they were very nice. And they said, no, let's do a barbecue and all. And that was very nice. But at the same time, was too much mm. for me because I didn't expect nothing of this. And for me, again, was only a summer love. Mm. He couldn't say to me, again, communications. He couldn't say to me, we are going to meet my mom. We are going to have a barbecue with my parents. Like, you know, like, he, he could communicate, but words is not the thing of mom.
0: They did kidnap you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly, yes. Now that you've said it, yes. Yes, mom.
2: Well, in that week.
1: In that week, we start to talk about it, what is going to happen in the future. Uh, We start to talk if we were continue, And I said to him, I don't believe in distant relationship. I already tried three times. No, thank you. Mm. And I tried, we have to be clear. I tried with the same culture, like with Colombian guys. So I really didn't thought that with another culture, I will make it with seven hours of difference, with the distance. I didn't believe it. Like he said, I wanted to try it, be boyfriends let's have a real relationship and I was like okay let's try it like I said yes without wanting to say yes
2: so much motivation (laughs) (laughs) to yeah it was I mean it was difficult no it was I suggested a long distance relationship it was not a few hours it was a flight across two countries you know crossing the sea we began our relationship when you were still in barcelona
1: yeah so then after that week we decided that so he went to barcelona again and visit me one more week and after the day that he went back to flensburg after that week of visiting me in barcelona my father came i planned with my father go around europe to different countries and one of the country was berlin bueno germany city berlin we went there with my father and Mo was like, ah, and where you are going? Because Mo, you live in Berlin, no?
2: I, I lived like in the outskirts of Berlin for three years.
1: So he said, no, I can tell you. And he get, he has the hotel, absolutely everything. And I was like, yeah, we arrived this day. Blah, blah, blah. And he said, ah, it's super nice. And then we arrived with my father. Okay, next day we have breakfast. It was a buffet, so I was putting everything in my plate. And then I turned around and Mo was there. Oh, man. (laughs) So I screamed. Of course. And I was like, What are you doing here? And he was like, Surprise. And I was like, Of
2: course, I didn't ask all those questions just because I was interested in her and what she was doing. You know, I was planning that all along. I drove six hours from Flensburg to Berlin Mm -hmm. through the night. I was doing car sharing. So I had like two strangers in my car from midnight to 6am from um, Flensburg or Hamburg to Berlin. Remember the guy on the, on the backseat who was having the nap of a lifetime. And I was driving and driving and uh, I slept the first few hours I slept in Berlin on the street in my car in the backseat. I slept there until I knew that she was going to have a breakfast. So I walked to the hotel and I talked to the receptionist and I was like, hi. I'm here to surprise my girlfriend. And she was a little bit skeptical, you know. She was like, what's the name? <laughs> <laughs> and she called the manager and I talked to the manager and I said, look, I would like to surprise her while she's having a breakfast. And, and they were like, okay, we will let you know as soon as they check in for breakfast. So I was waiting down at the launch for like an hour or something like that. And then the call came, and they said, "You can go up now." She's, she's having her breakfast now, and then I went upstairs, and there she was, with her father. <laughs> she turned around and she screamed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but of course, he there, my father, didn't know what is happening here. So of course, my father was like, "Who's the guy?" And I was like, "No, uh, a friend." And my father, a friend or a boyfriend? And I was like, no, a friend. And my father, hmm <laughs> I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And my father, Do you, uh, uh, you already have breakfast and more? No. And my father, okay, sit down. I will invite you, friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I came prepared. I had presents. See, like, for
1: me, for my father.
2: I had beer. I had chocolates. I had T-shirts. I had everything
1: and after breakfast okay let's plan where we are going to do and we did the free walking tour through berlin and then um we were in the river and there was a bar and we sit there and mo brought a bottle of um of rum that is the typical rum of lens and my father said okay let's try this rum and we see it there and my father was like okay mo what do you want with my girl? And I was like, "Oh my God.
2: yeah, the the Latin like the Latin American confrontation of the future son-in-law.:
1: <laughs> And that was the first time that my father did something like that with my ex-boyfriend. He never did that, and he was like, okay, So he started to ask very specific questions, for example, okay, what do you want with my daughter? What do you think about um, the different cultures? And Mo respond very well at that question.
2: It was like a job interview. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he asked me, What will you do when my daughter gets old? And
1: ugly. And and get ugly ugly. because she's older than you. So she will get fat and ugly. So what what will happen there? And I was like, Hey, I am here. And he was like, Yes, but that is true. You will get fat and ugly. So what he's almost six years younger than you so of course you are going to go with another younger girl <laughs>
2: right. i said i get old fat and ugly too and he liked that answer so i i was approved by nachito by the way my father's in law my father-in-law's name is ignacio too
1: thank you so. Nacho. So, yeah, that was very interesting because I still didn't like for me this was still a summer love. Like, <laughs> I didn't understand why my father was asking these questions, why Ma was there. Like, for me, it was very unreal all of this situation.
2: Yeah. We had a good time in Berlin.
1: And then we said that it was a weekend, like two days, and then we said goodbye.
2: That was the goodbye, I'm going back to Colombia. not yeah. the goodbye, I'm going back to Spain. There was uh, The distance increased significantly. And uh, we, of course, we stayed in contact. We talked a lot on the phone. We figured everything out with the time difference.
1: And then come December, 2014.
2: Yeah, that was still 2014. At that time, we had met in May and... Uh, and now it's December.
1: And okay, was the first time that mom came to Colombia?
2: That was the first time I I traveled to Latin America in general and um my mom <laughs> was extremely concerned for my safety.
1: Yeah, we have to be honest, even that um we try in our days to show Colombia in another way. Of course, there is the, still the issue of a lot of things that like it's not what it is Colombia so yeah
2: but I was like I want to go I want to spend December and Christmas New Year's in Colombia with Julie and her family
1: so then, then they came the other conflicts so welcome to the conflicts of the family <laughs> uh, <laughs> Colombian family culture so the first issue was like again I was 29 and Mo was 23 And in the Colombian family, you cannot sleep. That doesn't, it's not like the the 80% we can set it. When you get out of home is when you usually get married or you are like 30, 35, but you live with your parents a lot of years because living alone is expensive. So in Colombia, like you get out of school, you study your new university your master and after that you work some years and after that you live alone so um i was living with my father and then he said oh very nice that he's going to come and visit you but where he's going to stay and i was like here with me uh no no way you're not going to sleep with him mm-hmm. and i was like i'm 29 i've <laughs> already lived 5 years alone in my life at six with Barcelona. What are you saying? And he, he was like, this is not a motel. You are not going to sleep with him here in my home. And this is my home and you do what I say. <laughs> Thank you very much. That yeah. So, um, uh, another conflict. So, of course, I have a very nice uncle and he said, your father's, the brother of my father, your father said, no, come to my house. And indeed, my father, like, we moved my bed with my father to the house of his (laughs) brother, so Mo and
0: I, we can stay (laughs) there.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that was very nice. But your
0: father was okay with that?
2: It was not in his house,
0: so (laughs) I
2: think it was okay. Her uncle, he's very liberal and he was like, no come and live in my house. (laughs) That was very funny that my father-in-law actually moved Huli's bed to his brother's house but he didn't want me to stay in his own house. That was like very, very funny.
1: Yes, and he he even helped me to decorate the room with balloons and everything. I don't understand my father, but he did that. After that, started all the new things for Mo.
2: It was a great, very great experience. uh, I, I really fell in love with Colombia and everything and the people and the culture. And Colombia is a beautiful country.
1: Like, for example, how to say hello to people. Like here in Germany, you usually give the hand. In Colombia, you have to kiss a uh, cheek. So you have to do, and you have to do the sound, and more, it was like practic- practicing, practicing with me. Uh, how to do and kiss, uh, to all my family, that he had to talk. I was like, you have to talk and you have to ask questions. You cannot say no. And like all the new experience of so much person talking at the same time so much music uh, so much people all these cultural things he was experienced I think even he gets sick of eating so many new things um so of course was an amazing month but at the same time have his the, the the issues the things that are Complicated in a multicultural relationship because he was like, We were in a in, a, in the beach with my family to celebrate 39 and 39 and 31. Sorry, he was like, But why all the people came and sit with us? No, they should go. And I was like, No. And he was like, Why they say hello and stay and talk? And he was like, Really in conflict with that, but he didn't understand the parts.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a big contrast to my culture you know it was friends of the family or friends of the cousin or i don't really remember exactly but they came and they said hi and they stayed for hours and hours and they talked without like stopping and i was like reading my book enjoying the colombian coast the hot weather and you know and it was like i need to relax (laughs) (laughs) that was a very interesting experience too yeah so uh, I was not used to being the, to people being so extremely yeah. social.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting that you're saying that because I feel the same. It got a little bit better uh, during the years, but I'm feeling comfortable when I have my personal space, um, at least for a few hours a day. And I can't be with people all the time because it's just like taking so much energy. I love to to see people. I love to meet people. But hanging out with people all the time is just taking too much energy. I would feel like, okay, now I need to recharge. And of course, they deserve all the attention. But then it can be a little bit too much, especially for us Germans, to have many, many people surrounding you, asking so many questions. Everyone wants to talk to you and you're like... Wait, wait, I'm not used to that. What's going to happen now? What am I supposed to say? What's going to be next? And when are you leaving? (laughs) Leave me alone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Plus, like the 80% was in Spanish. So Mo didn't...
0: I didn't know
1: Spanish. Spanish No,
2: I did not know Spanish. So
1: for him was really too much. So after that, he went away. Of that experience. And then again, Mo moved. And you
3: went to live to Chicago. Oh.
2: Yeah. So I went back to Germany. I at that point in time I was actually still studying and I got a scholarship to live in Chicago. And live and study and work in Chicago. So I went there, which meant that now this was actually an improvement for our relationship because now at least we were in the same time zone.
1: Yeah. Uh, before uh, we only talk, um we wrote a lot, being honest, uh, when he was living in Germany and I was in Colombia. And we tell everything, like really, what do you have for breakfast? Every detail that we can share, we share it by text. But uh, we didn't talk too much because the time zones were too big To and I have was working when he was going to sleep. So it was very, very difficult to talk by phone, unless it was very urgent or whatever. What we did was like one per week, usually wasn't Sunday, uh, we talked by FaceTime, one or two hours, and that was all. Like, that changed a lot when Mo went to Chicago, because, of course, we were in the same time zone, and we met several times in Miami, in Chicago. We traveled much more. We tried to, like, every three months to see each other.
3: Yeah,
2: that was a very, very big advantage, a very big improvement for our relationship. We met like more frequently. We were closer.
1: Yeah, but even that, let's be honest, we have a lot of conflicts of distance. Um, my, in my culture, guys are like, they floor a lot with women. Doesn't matter if it's young or very old, a mm. guys floor a lot. With this relationship and more, I was very insecure about that. And plus, I have in the past my ex-boyfriend. So I was very, very insecure. So being honest, I end the relationship a lot of times. I was like, no, this is impossible. I cannot make it anymore. Whatever conflict that we have, I was like, this is over. I cannot do it. This is too much for me. Like I really didn't, I was not 100% sure about us. Mm-hmm. And was more the one that is like, we can do it, this is different, you will see when we live together. And I was like, but when is that? And plus, I have to be honest, my age was like another thing that because we have that conversation. Hey, so look. I don't want to lose my time with you. This is only summer love, but don't make me have a relationship, this is a relationship. And then after one year or two years, you say goodbye and I have to start again. Another year to meet a man and another year to have a relationship and another year to get married. Three more years to have
0: a baby. But that was a conflict. Sorry for interrupting, but this can be very toxic as well. This is, of course, a woman's thing. And I am 29 now, so I'm going to turn 30. And I exactly know what you're talking about. And I feel like it's weird to think that way. And we are totally aware that you shouldn't think that way, that you should enjoy the moment. But then it's something in your head. If you really want to have a family, of course, not every woman wants to uh, to to settle, not every woman wants to have babies or kids in general. But if you want to have a family, this is this is going to follow you. And that's somehow... I mean, maybe it's normal, but it can be very difficult to deal with that, especially in your case, as there's an age difference, and um you made some experience before Juli already, and it didn't end well those long distance relationships. I can totally understand that you were adopting the relationship and that you had a few concerns when starting dating. but what happened? How did he convince you after all? So he was basically. Telling you, hey, it will be all right. Soon we will live together and you'll be fine. We will be fine. So he was the positive, if you could say so, in the relationship. Or did something happen where you realized, okay, yes, he's serious with me. I have to be honest, like more since the beginning, he
1: was serious with me. And what he said is what he meant and how he acted like the head, the mouth. What he think, what he talk, and what he feel, what in the same was in the same line. Um, so for me, there was a plus in Mo, because, of course, not everyone showed that kind of things, and that was very important for me that he was very young, plus a twenty three man in Colombia was totally different from a twenty three year man of like a German man is totally different. Even my friends. Were the one that said to me, like, you are with a 23-year guy. What are you thinking in your life? You know, like society
3: Mm -hmm. is
1: here again. So it was very difficult to manage society and to manage distance and to manage the part of touching each other, like a hat, a kiss. There was nothing. There was in the distant relationship, you don't have that. And that is very difficult and it's very important in a distant relationship. So how you communicate that touch that you don't have, that kiss that you don't have, that sex that you don't have is very difficult. And I think that when you start to talk to communicate, again, I I said communication is extremely important. Mm. And um, Mo is the opposite of me, like you can see, When people cannot see, but Mo is very calm and I am like super energetic and super like talk with my hands and Mo is the totally opposite of me. So he showed me the world in another way. And still, I learn every day something about Mo, how he is and how I can change something about myself that I don't like. And at the same time, he did the same, no? Like he didn't talk before and now he don't stop when he talks. (laughs) <laughs> and he asked questions <laughs> before no, so that is very 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 nice
2: yeah i mean what i just did was i just painted the picture of the of the future i tried to like when when we were at that time that we were about to break up or when we when Huli had broken up with me again. (laughs) (laughs) like
1: the 100 times.
2: And of course I I was like imagining a future and I was dreaming of how interesting my life would be. I have to say I was being a little bit uh, self-centered or um, like working towards what I was dreaming of. This interesting life With this interesting woman, this this life that nobody I knew ever had lived before. So I was painting a picture of the future and I just tried to convince her to not break up or to reverse the breakup.
0: How did it make you feel? I mean, it happened not only one time, it happened a couple of times. And that Rudi was about to break up or she broke up and you basically talked her into the relationship again but i can only imagine that it took a lot of energy and a lot of talking not only to convince her but you were always in the situation of putting a lot of effort in the relationship was wasn't there a moment where you were thinking okay Is this really going to be the last time this is going to happen? Or how many times is this supposed to happen? Like, where did you get your energy?
2: I would say it was when Huli broke up. It was because it was extremely difficult to be in that distance relationship for such a long time. And I knew that she was putting the same work and the same effort and same emotion and everything into this relationship and I knew that she didn't break up because uh, out of a bad mood or something like that, but because this distance thing is very tiring and this very, takes a lot of effort and commitment. And I knew that she was doing the same thing and that she would do the same thing for me if I was in her position, you know? It's, uh, we both worked equally hard to make this work, I would say, in our own ways.
1: Yeah he showed me again, he, he told me that kind of effort that both of us, we were making, or he said, look, you did this, so why you cannot, like, you can do it again. When we, And he was all the time offering me a future, even that was not near, because he was studying in Chicago and working in Chicago. He was like, look, this could be possible in this time or in this time, and I was like, okay, I will wait a little bit more. So it's like, you know, in in distant relationship. First, you have to have a lot of agreements. Second of all, you have to negotiate a lot. And third of all, and third, you really have to make an effort. Sometimes you have to do things that you don't like for the person that you love. And that is a big effort. That is something that that you have to understand since the beginning, especially if you are in the distance. Like on Sundays, usually I eat with all my family And we went to the house of my aunt or whatever with my uncles and cousins. And that is like a time that I have to talk with mom. So it's like, or being with my family or talking with mom. You have to understand that you sometimes have to leave some things to have another thing. And that is what you are dealing every day in a distant relationship, especially the person that take the decision to go and leave in another country is doing. In in the case of Nacho and I, every day we are dealing to be with the love of our life. We left our family. We left our culture. We left our music, our language, our food, we left absolutely everything because love. And it's worth worth it totally, but sometimes it's difficult. And the partner has to understand that. Mm. all the time and at the same time when you are in a distant relationship it's the same thing like family and friends have to understand that and if they don't understand that definitely like you should not be new to them
2: that is another thing we were not only living in a distance relationship we were from different countries different continents different languages different age and
1: different cultures. we were
2: facing a lot of
1: Different
3: religions?
2: Different religion, basically, yes. Um, we were facing a lot of problems socially. People did not accept our relationship because we were different ages, because Woody is older than me, because, you know, nobody had ever lived this, this relationship in the circles that I knew. And
1: Because how you knew, what you knew about Colombians, what you knew about Germans in the past, in the past of Colombia, He's danger and like all these things that TV books sometimes or radio show that is not the truth.
0: Mo was able to meet um, Juli's family. It was a little bit overwhelming for you, Mo, and as you said, you had to deal with a lot of yeah stereotypes. Um, so not everyone was pleased that you are in a long-distance relationship, that you are dating someone who is younger than you, Holly. So it seems like there were a lot of conflicts, but you were strong enough to stick together, even though if there were some doubts, you talked it out, Mo convinced you a couple of times, Holly, already that this can work. And how did you make it work after all?
2: Well, after two years and t- uh, two months of long-distance relationship between different, a couple of countries, a couple of time zones, um, my time in Chicago was over and I went back to Germany. And I asked Hulis if she wanted to come and live with me in Germany and give it a try and see if she liked it and learn the language mm-hmm. and get to know the culture and everything. And um She did.
1: In that time of my life, I was very unhappy uh, with my work, with my career, what I was doing. Um, So I said, why not? Let's let's give it a shot. I have a clue at the same time to manage or understand a little bit multicultural relationships because uh, my uncles and aunts have multicultural relationships. Because of that, I learned since I was a child, how to do some things about that. My family at the same time live in different parts of the world. So I am very open mind to get out of my comfort zone. Even that one of my aunts said, don't do it. This is very difficult. If you go, you go and come back. will like will be almost impossible because you will not belong there. You will not belong here. Think about it. And if you said a yes, it's a yes forever. And you have to think about that. So um, I did it. I I said, why not? Let's try it and get out of my comfort zone again. In my past, my priority always uh, was my work and my profession. And I decided for the first time to put first in my life, love. So I decided to come to Germany.
2: And she came. And it was a very difficult start.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which year was it and which month? September September 1st. 1st. Okay very
2: very good memory yeah September 1st and they did not give you the visa until like a week before your flight yes wow. I
1: like let's say it ah. you have to fight for a visa because Colombia need visa for everything oh. yeah. everywhere you go you need a visa so was very difficult we start to do papers and I get very stressed. Like there was another moment that we have a conflict and I said, I am not going to Germany anymore. <laughs> because really, Germany is the country of papers. I know. Paper after paper after paper. So I said, look, I'll do this once. And after that, you have to be in charge of this. I will never do it again. So it was very, very difficult. And I started in February of that year to start to ask for my visa and my visa and, and papers and the other thing. I said I am going this day. I don't remember in August 20 or something like that. And they did give me the visa on August 19. Oh. So of course I didn't buy the, the in that day I didn't buy the ticket. Yeah. So they gave me the visa and I brought the ticket. I
0: came to Germany. That was 2016, so you started dating in 2014, in 2016 you closed two years and two months later you closed the distance, finally. Yes,
1: finally, uh, not knowing if we were going to close it forever, because at the same time I only have a visa to study six months in Germany. Um, Oh, yeah. So we have the possibility to go, like I have to go back to Colombia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like was like, okay, and I was like let's let's try it. I am not one hundred percent sure if I am going to stay in Germany because I don't know the language, I don't know anything, mm-hmm. so I came here, and the start was a catastrophe, it was
2: yeah, it was not sunshine and flowers, no, at all. no,
1: no, like
0: again
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, again, that boy, my father appeared, and he was like, Okay, before you go, we have to meet." Who are the parents of Mo? So we did a FaceTime and my father was like, okay, I want to know if something happened to my girl, you will be there. And he was like, I am older than Mo. This is like really terrible what is happening. (laughs) Oh. So like they were very nice and they were like, yes, we support them. And if something happened, of course, we will like if they end the relationship, we will help Guli to go back to Colombia. And Mm -hmm. um. That week before, even the same day that I was traveling, in the morning, my best friend uh, came and I was crying and I was like, no, I am not going to Germany. I'm going to stay. I'm not going. And I was crying and I was crying because I was extremely scared to came to Germany and live with Mo, with a guy that I only knew a little bit, like face-to-face, a lot by phone, but not face-to-face. In that two years and two months,
2: we were like two or three months together in total, so we didn't really uh-huh. know each other very well.
1: So, of course, I was like, what I am doing, I am not going to take that, that plane. And when I took it, the way to the airport, my father said to me, remember, really, I don't talk, but Mo really, don't talk. And you talk a lot. Don't forget that.
2: (laughs) Very interesting. That's actually something that I didn't know yet was that you were crying and that you were super scared because I remember how that day I talked to your cousin who brought you to the airport too and she was like, no, Huli super excited. She's very happy to go. So this is like a different story that I hear now too.
1: You see, he still learning about our story. So took the uh, the flight and everything, and I get here. Mo picked me up. He was very was very nice. He had flowers and welcome in Spanish and a photo of us. It was very nice. The night came and both of us start to talk and we start to cry and we cried that night the whole night because we were so scared about the step that we were taking. We Ma was like, I feel that this is. Too much for me, too much responsibility. And I was like, I feel that I don't know anything and I don't know how to manage the language. If I get lost what I am going to do, that night we cry all night, like both. Yeah,
2: because um, all of a sudden a dream came true and you were kind of living the dream and then you realized you have... A person now here who you have to take care of because she doesn't know German, she doesn't know the culture and it really hit me and I was like it came to the realization that wow this is a really big step and
4: uh, you as well.
1: Yeah yeah as well like that for me like was too much like too much.
3: Yeah
4: like this is happening now so.
1: Exactly it was like oh my god. And um, after that, I four days after I came, I started my German classes. The first class, they asked me, what is your name? And I like, I have to say something. I was with persons that they were, they didn't talk at all English. Like we were like 15 and no one talk English, not even the teacher, no one. Uh, I was the only woman in that class. And, and like the highest do what is your name? And I was like, but they are saying, and they were saying names that I didn't knew that what that was a name. So I was like, Oh my God, what, I don't understand anything. And they were like, and how old are you? And then I knew that in German, you said the name, the, the numbers in the other side way. And I was like, I, I, I came to what I am doing here. So the first week, was very difficult for me the weather started to be very cold then i don't understand anything so i was recording all my classes and i after four hours i came home and i was like Mom, can you hear my class i didn't understand anything <laughs> <laughs> no. so
3: what
2: <laughs> So i was translating a lot of german classes
1: and mo was like i don't understand that i don't remember that part in german plus i
2: don't, I don't know any grammar. I don't know anything. I talk and write and speak German pretty well, I assume, but I cannot teach it. I don't understand it.
1: The grammar is very difficult yeah. in German. So I was like, I don't understand this. Well, and like that started our life in Germany. We were living in a very little apartment. We start from zero. Mo was studying and he was working in three jobs. I was starting and I my visa don't let me work at all. So I was like, okay, what I'm going to do. So I came with my saves. Um after that I started to like say things in German, but not a lot. And then come a period that was, was extremely difficult because I was the sun come out at 9 a.m. and go away at 3 p.m. and that for for me that was extreme. Like I really have conflict with that. I start to hate Germany. I um, we end once the relationship again. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I was leaving really here.
2: We actually ended it um, more than once um,
1: because I said it again.
2: Because only broke up a few times with me. And she actually packed her suitcase. No,
1: yes, like, for me, was an end. I packed absolutely oh. everything. I said, I'm coming <laughs> back
2: tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, she packed her suitcase a, a couple of times. Always because there was some kind of cultural misunderstanding or yes. language mistakes or misunderstandings. Mis-
1: yeah, especially mis- start the misunderstanding. Was because we're talking in English, but... Uh, the way sometimes that you say what you want to say in your language, in your culture, is normal. Mm. But if you say it in that way to the other person that is from another culture, sometimes that is not nice. That is, yes, that is a problem. Yeah,
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: it's like you you can really end up in pretty serious fights over things that can be figured out by just paraphrasing or repeating and asking did i understand it correctly and things like that so she packed her suitcase a few times <laughs> i unpacked her suitcase a few times <laughs> when
3: we,
1: when, but being honest not because he said we are not going on because we again talk about it again understand that what he wanted to say or what I wanted to say was was another thing, and this is, was because of the way our cultures and English and blah blah blah. Yeah. So he said, "I." So I said, "Okay," and he said, "Okay, you say I unpack, and I was like okay you unpack.' Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it was it was off A, another difficult start. Just it like it was
1: not too much; only twice.
2: Yeah, twice. And <laughs> <laughs> so all? in flensburg in flensburg yeah that's that's where we started out because i when i came back to germany i went back to my hometown Mm -hmm. and i started another career like studying again so that was another very difficult situation for us because julie was not allowed to work and i was a student working three jobs Like three uh, three small jobs hmm. on the side, so financially we were not in a very good spot.
1: Exactly.
4: Right, and she was quite alone. I I I bet.
1: Yes, yes, I was. Like at the same time, my mother-in-law present me a very nice um Latin woman, and she helped me, and we are friends still now. And she, we met more friends, and that helped me a lot. Because being honest. Forgive me both of you that you are German, but sometimes you t- have to talk shit about Germany. Because you have to, like you need to express yourself and like, take it out. And, no. And um, for that was a very nice thing to meet the Latin girls because some of them were uh, with Germans men so like we start to talk about it and you start to feel that you were not the only one that there are more people like you there are more people that feel the same feelings that they this is not easy that making this step is not for everyone and only the persons that are strong enough can do it and can make it. Mm-hmm. Because this is difficult, very
3: difficult.
2: And as well, I have to say that you don't you don't have like you can become strong enough, no? You can really make it if you put the work in the commitment and all the strategies that we have developed over the time. If you really put it to work, everyone can do it if you put in or if you are committed enough.
3: Yes. And it
2: was a good thing to meet all these couples that had been living in Germany since longer already, that were in the same situation like us, or that they had met in Germany and things like that. So that was the first time that I realized as well that we are not unique. We are not the only ones.
1: Exactly. And that this will never stop. Like you every day have to commit yourself in this relationship. That you every day can have a fight. That you every day will have a conflict with Rat House, <laughs> that, that you city that you, that you like. That is the bad things. But at the same time, the good things is that you every day have something that you don't have in a in the same when you are with a, a person that is uh, with your same culture. Is that you? Every day, learn something new—a word, something about the culture, something about you like something, something that you don't like, uh, something about the personality, the language, the whatever. So that is a plus too. Mm.
2: And as well, you learn a lot about yourself. No? Like living yeah. in another culture really makes you learn about your own culture as well. Uh, makes yeah. you realize a lot of your own things that you get to know yourself very well. As well, living in in that culture.
1: Yeah, and like at the same time, you have to be open. You have to be open to meet persons everywhere. I met a couple uh, getting out of the supermarket. Uh, I met another friend in a restaurant. Uh, like things that you usually will not do in your own country, you will do it in another country, and that is the good thing living abroad.
2: Uh, I think, like, the the community amongst immigrants is very strong. And, like, especially because I know, like, a lot about the Latin American immigration community in Germany. I think this, this team spirit of, I don't know you, but we are in the same situation. So we are friends now, and you can't do anything about it. I think that's beautiful. And I actually have... A lot of Latin Americans, Latino friends here. Now, I mean, we moved like two years ago. We moved to again (laughs) again, to Bavaria across the country. Uh, And here, indeed, I nearly exclusively have Latino friends because of that community.
3: Yeah, that's true. You know, well,
1: so yes, Mo is more Colombian. I am more German now. We definitely this work, like I said, because what works for us, but doesn't mean that work for every multicultural relationship, because every person is different. Is that we negotiate a lot,
3: a lot.
0: And that would also be your advice to everyone who's um, in a long distance relationship: negotiation, meeting in the middle. Before
1: that, I will say something that is like uh, like our phrase like that is nothing is obvious, nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even that is for you is obvious for the other person is not. so I will say that that is the first one, and then I will say communication and then I will say negotiation.
2: Yeah, especially in a long-distance relationship when you haven't closed the distance yet. It is very important to be committed to certain dates that you set for, like, let's talk on Sunday at 3 p.m. or whatever, and then make that commitment to be there and to talk and to communicate well and to really speak what is on your mind. I mean, it's like when you are watching a football game on the radio, you know, you cannot see what the other person or what the team is doing, so you have to describe it. okay? And don't leave out anything, don't leave out any details, because your partner can't see you during your day. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Yeah. And if it's difficult sometimes to live with your own family, brother, siblings, or mom and dad, it's difficult to live with a person that is from another culture.
2: Yeah. And closing the distance is a dream that can come reality if you are brave enough to take this step. And as well, I think for me, it's very important to share this piece of information that it is not all sunshine and flowers. It is work, commitment. It is very much learning about each other, about yourself.
1: Accepting.
2: And especially if you do not speak the same language, or if your partner is immigrating to a country where they don't know the language do not get tired of supporting them throughout the day or like official appointments with city hall and things like that do not get tired of translating
1: do not get tired of being the support exactly it's very difficult to support but do not like you need that and that's why sometimes taking your own space and talk bad about your husband or wife is important because this is not easy. And that doesn't mean that you are a bad person. That is the reality.
2: Yeah, you can get tired of of a country that you live in if if you are not born in that country, if if you didn't (laughs) grow up in that country. And it's okay to get tired of it. And it's okay to talk bad about it. I am very open to hear a lot of Latinos talk terribly about Germany when they need it. And I'm like listening and listening and listening. And they were like, But Mo, don't worry. We love living in Germany. We just need to talk shit right now. Okay. And that is a part that you have to learn too. You know, you have to learn that. Only because your culture does it a way doesn't mean it's the best way, you know?
0: And it's also not against you as a person. It's more or less the circumstances you have to deal with in that very moment. And of course it's overwhelming because it's not only the weather that's completely different, um, it's also the people, especially in the north of German, um people are it's so we say, and we are totally aware of it. we're northern Germans because I'm from the north of Germany as well, that we are cold and we are cold. We know that, but it's fine for us, but then everyone is able to deal with it, and it takes a lot of time and um, to get like friends with us and to get used to us because in the beginning we are always like as you mo. Just answering questions, but it's difficult to have a real conversation <laughs> with a northern German um, person. So I just love the fact that it somehow changed and you somehow, as you said, met in the middle and made a few negotiations here and there. But this is the way you made it work. You talked it out. You were completely honest the whole time. Even the really packed her things two times already. And Mo was able to unpack it and to convince her to stay, which I love. I love that you're so honest. And I love that you're like, okay, we moved together and now everything is perfect and we live the dream. Because this is not what it is. You still work on the relationship. You still have to deal with so many things. You still don't know where are you going to live in a few years. What is going to come next? Um, And I don't know. I mean. Especially in your situation, Juli moved to Germany, knowing that it could be that she has to leave after six months. And how did you make it work to stay longer, may I ask? Because I guess this is something that a lot of people would be interested in. Like, what happened after those six months? So after that six months, thanks
1: to my mother-in-law, she found me a job in the university to teach. to teach about design and that helped me not with the visa but that helped me to meet uh, a professor and i started to, to apply to a phd and uh, they gave it to me and i started to work and then i have a visa to to do my phd here in germany um, so they give me a visa for one year so that this helped me at the same time a lot to have a mini job that was that was another thing that was plans was difficult for me because yeah. this job was nothing at all what I study or what I wanted to become. <laughs> but you do another thing for love and I did this because I wanted to be with Mo and I start to work in uh like in operations making yeah. cigarette boxes, eight
3: hours. Yeah. Very
2: nice. (laughs) That really the start of our, the start of us closing the the distance was a very, very tough journey, especially for Huli, because she's a very creative person and all her life she had studied design and she had worked in uh, in, uh, photo production and fashion design and things like that. And all of a sudden she moves from a city with 11 million people to a city with 90,000 inhabitants to start working in a factory in front of a machine as well during night shift uh, for for a, a long time. And that really took a toll on Juli's happiness as well, uh, on her energy and things like that, that even I asked a few times like what is happening like you are so quiet you're not yourself and i think the start we were given a lot of opportunities of course we are happy that um, my father managed to to get her that job and then we were able to move to a bigger apartment then we moved to a one-room apartment to a two-room apartment and definitely having an income was very, very helpful, but it took a big toll on on Huli's happiness, on her personality.
1: Yeah, it like, was, was very difficult. I was working in the night from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., plus then I had to do, to study, to do my PhD. I was not, like, I wake up, I study, and then I, I didn't, saw like, I saw the light, of the day, like only one hour, maybe or 24 hours, I didn't saw it. Um, more, I didn't saw more too much, and I don't regret that. Like I'm, that made me myself much more stronger. um I knew myself much more. I did that uh, because love, because I love more. But being honest, I will not repeat it again, never. And. <laughs> And um, I think that you that is where you have to do things things that you don't like because love that is where you have to give some part of of yourself to see the other person happy. And I did that, and and of course I have a lot of like I start to to saw a psychologist and I start to talk about it because like I was already one year and seven months that I didn't went to Colombia and saw my family, the weather, the, the light, like was too much things that I didn't understand what was happening with me, but I couldn't manage things of a person that was there for me and under a professional person that was there for me and understand it. So I could said that uh, I am a person that I am very open all the time because it was not my first time that I was with a psychologist. Indeed, in my past, I was with a psychiatrist too. I was in coaching too before. So it's like I am very open because I need to express my, my feelings. And that's why after that, something amazing happened and Mo proposed. Really? So, of course, that was like, yay! <laughs> this is like, <laughs> uh, like the dream is like the reality. Because, of course, with the PhD, they give me only the visa one year. So I said, okay, this is a new step. Mo really want to commit with me. This is like the... Something like what you were saying, Chris, about women and the TikTok and their clock and everything. I said, "Okay, these we are going somewhere," and that helped a lot to for me to feel secure. What I was doing in that moment of my life was worth it, and that one day he was going to work and finish his studies and everything was going to be better. To get there, we first, I don't know why, but you first have to work and suffer a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, like he proposed me, and we started plan our wedding. And that was amazing. And I love it to do everything. That was a plus that I needed in my life. And because, and then this come to what we do right now in our life. And mm-hmm. is coaching. Because thanks that Mo and I, we are from different religions. We wanted to get married in Colombia. And again, family, the, the dream of the family is, get married in the church. And this is very difficult in a Catholic um, church. All this is extremely difficult. So I have to ask for a permission and blah, and for more, was more easy. We wanted to get married outside and the religion didn't let that. We wanted to get in Colombia, the religion didn't let that. So it was too much, too much problems until we met the coach that marry us
2: yeah the coach Mm -hmm. said did the ceremony with us it was a very good experience for me it was the first time to encounter like a coach a life coach because i had never gone through therapy or anything i was not used to talking to strangers openly about your feelings or openly about like a goal that you had so for me it was the first time um working with a life coach especially because we worked with him, in, he's uh, from Bogota, and we were in Germany, and then we were in Bogota in March for a while before yeah. we got married.
1: So I was the one that had the idea, and I said to Mo, what about if we do a symbolic ceremony? Because in Colombia, another thing that is important, Colombia allowed that the church do the papers, so you don't have to do two ceremonies, and here in Germany it's different. So in mm-hmm. Colombia, you can do it once and that's all. So how we were going to manage all these that at the same time, again, Germans and the papers. We wanted to make it easy breezy. And uh, I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do something about that. Both of us, we wanted that both of us like is our dream. My cousin knew about this life coach and uh, i said to mo because i knew that, that was new for mo and i didn't knew that he if he wanted to do it or not because i knew that he is not very open to talk to everyone so we went there the first ses- session and was amazing because they connect very well because the grandpa of this life coach was german for mo and that was very special and we start to go there or When we were here, we have FaceTimes or Skype moments with him that help us to notice a lot of things that you don't talk, that you think that are obvious, but they are not obvious, and you don't talk in a relationship. That was a good thing for both of us to close some things and open another conversations. After that, I was like, okay, I like this a lot. That came in my mind and I was like, since I came to Germany, I was like, I am not very happy with my career. I am not very happy with what I am. I need to change. I said, I love to teach. In the past, I teach in Colombia too. And then I said, I would like to do something for another person.
2: Of course, it was a very nice experience to work with him and to work with or make this experience that a person... Can impact you so much by just good coaching, and um, really showed me that people can have an impact on your life if you want to go in a certain direction that but you don't know how or you don't know if you're doing it the right way. It can be very helpful to work with a coach and I knew that especially Huli was playing with the thought of becoming a coach, and indeed um she did a training to become a coach and I was always kind of looking and thinking should I do it too because I was still thinking back to when we were working with that coach in Bogota. I was very impressed by the way she developed herself, the way that she developed her coaching skills. She was always
1: asking and what did you learn today and tell me about it.
2: (laughs) Yeah exactly. The advances that she made throughout this certification i was very impressed i was thinking to myself it's life is an adventure and you should do whatever you want and if you're not sure if you want to do it you should do it because you know if you are if you don't want to do it you know for sure you don't want to do it but if you're not sure that you don't want to do it you should do it you know because you don't that's a very complicated sentence
0: (laughs) (laughs) no but i understand what you mean by doing things you also don't like to do you realize only by doing them that you don't like it but then you know what you like and what you don't and where you want to be and where you don't see yourself so i think i got the sense of what you wanted to say with that yeah
4: there's a saying to summarize it don't knock yeah don't knock it till you try it
2: exactly so i was thinking that okay like let's see if there's a program because Juli was already very very advanced and I was looking for a program for like a crash course of if coaching or something like that and I indeed found one online that I did for three months it was a very intense program indeed and um, we graduated nearly the same day
1: nearly yes yeah. and that was very nice and then we start to, to think about it, how we can do this, how we can help persons, where we can focus. And then we set it like, let's do it with our religion. Our religion is love. So let's start there. Let's start talking about ourselves. There are so many people that, these, that they have the same things that are good and bad ones, why we cannot help them and share with them what is love between cultures, through cultures?
2: The idea of helping couples like us was, was born when we were co- when we were working with that coach for our own wedding. And um doing that is a very fulfilling thing.
1: And help us to understand the not obvious things that we thought that were obvious and to understand that. This will never be easy, not even through the years. Mm-mm. But if you are not in the same team, you will not make it. This is like the story of how we start coaching and how we are now. And that being honest, I love it. I love it. It still impacts me a lot because I am very sensitive and uh, affect me a lot to see the, the persons that I cannot coach and like only to do the accompaniment and nothing else. I can feel what they are talking and that that affects me because I am a human. That is, I have to learn more from the German guy. You have to disconnect like this is work and this is life and you cannot be part of their life because you only do an accompaniment. So mm. that is part of learning to be a better professional
2: too. You make a connection with a couple or a person and you have to keep in mind that you are touching their life only in a certain moment. That connection that you had with them at a certain point when they don't need you as a coach anymore will disappear and and you have to learn to let go a lot.
1: Yeah, and like Ma said, it's not... For example, we don't only talk on exclusive with couples. We can talk only with one person that is in this process and maybe the couple don't, doesn't want to talk, but this person wanted to talk. So we can do this coaching with that person, this accompaniment with that person. because Or, for example, sometimes they want to connect with a woman, to connect with a man. Like we offer not only that we have to be both of us there or both of them there we do like a plan together and the idea is not be forever and ever because we feel that that is not healthy at the same time so it's like a process between 5 and 15 sessions This is what you're doing you
0: Throughout the years, if I could summarize it in my own words, Juli moved to Germany in 2016. You moved to the north of Germany, which is completely different to the south of Germany, by the way, because uh, I used to live in the south. So I know what it is to live in the south and how it is to live in the north. Yeah, you struggled a lot in the beginning. You worked at a job you didn't like. You were always worried about your visa situation. Uh, you guys got married, you still had to figure out the difference, multicultural differences. And uh, you're still working on figuring that out yeah. day by day as you're communicating a lot, as you're very open in your communication. And then finally, after around about two years, uh, you were able to set a life for yourself. So it took you two years basically to feel comfortable in Germany. More or less, since you're living in the south of Germany, things are slowly getting better, or is it still like that you feel like you still don't like Germany and you're looking forward to leave the country and eventually move somewhere else together?
1: This question is difficult. No, I think that helped me a lot to come to the south of Germany. First of all, the weather is much (laughs) nicer, and you can see the blue sky much more often. North of Germany is really a lot gray. Here it's like blue, blue. You can feel the seasons a lot. So when it's summer, it's really summer. And that really helped me. I really need the sun a lot. And the hot weather, I love it and I need it. But at the same time, I love winter and the snow, even though we don't have anymore so much snow. But it's very nice and I appreciate it. So yes, took me. Two years, because the south of Germany, the people is more open, they talk more. You find a lot of people that talk in Spanish. It's a little bit more similar, not even, but it's a little bit more similar to what is my city. Not even my country, my city. And that helped me a lot, really, to to do that. At the same time, I find something that to do more creative in my daily days. And I use my creativity much more and that helped me a lot. Both of us, we are working and the economy helps too. Uh, we are being honest. Of course, money is not everything in life, but that helped. And let's be honest, I don't want to live in a room or apartment of one room all my life. And plus I am in an age that I, I don't want that anymore. Like I did it. I did it and it was fun. But in this moment of my life, I want another thing. And that doesn't mean that uh, I want to become like a woman that had her house and cook. I really enjoy to have adventures. I really enjoy to explore and do another things. But I move so much in my life, even when I was a kid, that in this moment, I have to say that I am really happy to be here. And more want to live in Colombia, being honest, I don't. Mm
2: -hmm. As I said, I love Colombia. It's a beautiful country. And to get back to the second part of the question, I think the world is our home and we are kind of not used to settle in our relationship. We have always been traveling a lot in our relationship. As a couple, we have always traveled a lot to see each other or we have always traveled together a lot. We have lived in a lot of different places, alone or together. Personally, me as well as Huli, we, we are open to moving uh, to another country. Or a dream of mine as well is to, again, live in another country. Because this adventure that you uh, experience and when you are living in another country, you cannot measure it. It's so valuable for your life that you should always take every opportunity that you have to move somewhere new somewhere where you can get out of your comfort zone and learn about yourself and the world and um, right now we have a beautiful home and we are feeling very well in our current situation but that doesn't stop us from from taking another opportunity somewhere no. else as soon as it opens up
1: and what we wanted is to be a country that both of us, we don't know the language. Both of us, we don't know the culture. Both of us, we don't know anything about it. Like That is our idea in the future. So yeah, that is what we
0: expect in life. Because yes, you only have one life.
2: Seize the opportunity as long as you can.
0: And do you feel like you want to settle? Or do you seem more relaxed, more like, as an adventurer you're very open-minded i mean this is what i received from what you just said towards where the future will bring you but does that mean that you don't want to settle in a country or does it mean you want to settle but you just don't know when it's gonna be and where it's gonna be first of all what for you what means settle? because that could be different from me for me settling somewhere would be um maybe having an apartment i would say having a family having a family yeah. yeah and seeing yourself living in that country for at least five or six years so for several years more than two years i would say
1: and have it and another question having a family what does that mean
4: uh having kids
1: Wow, that is another difficult question, um, because you see
0: very different how I see. Let me ask it like this. What is settling for you?
2: Yeah, It's very interesting that I am, we have very different definitions of what it means to settle. For me, settling is that you find a place that you are going to die in. It sounds extreme. That sounds very extreme. <laughs> yeah. Now that I say it out loud, it's a terrible <laughs> definition. But for me, that is what settling means. Settling for me means that you find a place and you will never leave it again.
1: Yeah. For me, settling is more internal than that external. So if you ask, ask me about that, I already have it. Because I found what I was looking for so many years, um, and is peace with myself. So because of that, I will said I already have it. Yeah. And and what is your idea of settling? I will
0: said that no, for me it's not that. (laughs) So so that's. That's just like to clear it up. That's basically what society in general would summarize it. Um,
1: Uh Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: That's basically what the majority of people would describe as settling somewhere or settling somehow, whatever you want to describe it. It's not like that I see it as settling, because on that I'm totally with you. As long as you are at a stage of, as of your life where you feel comfortable and where you feel like, okay, it feels right. And I wanna be here right now. And that's the moment I'm living in. So you're, in, you're living in the moment. Um, that could be settling for you, but for someone else, it's just like what I described before and it's what it is for most of the people.
1: Yes, exactly. That's why I ask you because we have that conversation too. So, like, because what I said, nothing should be obvious, I prefer first to ask you to know what you think about it because usually it's not the same perspective or what society said or what the culture said. So it's better to ask. And at the same time, when you talk about family, um, I have my family and my family is more. So... Yeah, like that. For me, I, I that doesn't mean that the people that want kids, or if we have kids in the future, because these, we are not like this is not a no, we don't know. Uh, or for example, for Mo, is having a family is uh, means a a couple like me. Thank you, mommies, and uh, dogs for him. Dogs are very important, so that is family for him. So yeah, like.
2: So if you if you answer this question, if you take the definition, settling is uh, living in a place for five, six or seven years, I would say I'm ready to settle various times because I can definitely see myself moving to to a country, live there five, six or seven years and then move to another country and live there five, six or seven years and do that a few times.
1: Yeah, me too. Even less. Less than six or seven.
2: If you would say, am I ready to settle right now? No. Mm.
1: Yeah, I would say the same.
2: It's a beautiful home that we have. um, And it's going to be difficult, but when the opportunity opens up, um, we will take it.
1: Or when we search for something new, because that doesn't mean that we don't want to search for something new. Um, Yeah, we will change. Mm-hmm. It's because at the same time, I think that change are very important and very good. And I think that because I grew up like that, you know, like I, I change a lot from house to house, from apartment to another apartment. So I feel the change are very important in life. Like I I am not of I am not the person that is like you buy a house and you live forever and ever there for me Which that is, gave me a conflict only thinking about that
2: it. is something that is very typical for i don't i don't know about bavarians or other german uh cultural groups let's call them like that but for people from flensburg my hometown it's very typical to buy a house to mm-hmm. live in that house and to die in that house Mm. and that is something where i don't see myself
3: me too i don't see myself
2: and um one day when we have when we have children of course doing that is more difficult but is it impossible i do not believe that it is impossible and i still would do it or i still would try to do it
0: yeah like
3: yeah it's like the competition
0: Thank you for the good question you asked there, Juli. I think it's important that, that settling doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. Mm. So it depends on what perspective you see it. Uh, maybe for some people, it's a cultural thing as well. It depends on where you're actually from, what you've learned in your life, um, as you guys stepped out of the Zone a couple of times, and you always felt comfortable. Maybe it took a while to get there, but after all, you felt comfortable, and you were like, Okay, that feels good. So, why should I set this on a specific place or into a specific place? I can take this feeling with me and, yeah, project this feeling in another country, another language, another culture. It doesn't mean that it has to stay there with me so it's 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 gonna it's gonna develop and i love to be honest that you are not only open-minded but that you clarify for yourself the question what does settle mean um so that you share this and that Because, I mean, of course, we get this question quite often as well. So when do you want to settle? Where do you want to settle? For us, it means something else than for other people. Um, Sometimes we don't even know exactly what it means, to be honest, because we just enjoy living in the moment. And it's also quite difficult for others to understand that we don't even know where we are going to live in a few years. And that's completely fine for us. So we don't have a problem with that at all. Of course, we would like to know like a little bit in what direction is it going to go. And of course we have plans in life, but that doesn't mean that they're set in stone. Um, It could also mean that like before it's going to happen, that it's going to change again because we feel more comfortable with the idea of doing something else or living somewhere else. And I do think that as long as you feel comfortable and as long as you're supporting each other, that this word settling is something you can take with you. And it's it's sticking with you because it's it's something you believe in, it's something you trust in. And yeah, how would you say it's a feeling you carry? It's not a word, it's a feeling.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I will include something else with what you said, and is that if you Will be able to, to confront again what is the difficult things. Because um, for example, in our case, moving to another country is to like dealing again with things that you know you you already knew here in Germany how to do it. Um, so it's like definitely get out of that comfy zone that you know to start from zero and if you can make it you know, with what you said about that feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. So yes,
1: definitely.
0: <laughs> no, you're welcome. Thank you for your
1: question. That is very nice.
0: I feel like we could have on specific topics deeper conversations even. There are still so many things in my head I would love to ask you. Um like for example what would you do or how do you deal with if someone is actually questioning your relationship because that was something we talked about at the very beginning that some people even gave you the advice of not getting into the relationship you got the advice wholly of not moving to germany and what you do to yeah to to deal with that because it's, it can be quite difficult on someone. And I feel like those are all questions we definitely need to get into in detail because you can't just talk about it in 10 minutes. It's, it's so much more than just scratching the surface. Um, it deserves so much more time because I know that a lot of um, couples have this, problem especially in the beginning that not everyone is supportive not all your friends are supportive not all of your family members and of course they're asking questions and of course they're asking how serious it is but i feel like you guys are very open minded towards like everything i mean this is also why you're coaching and how Can people reach out to you if they have specific questions we couldn't talk about? For everyone who has a bunch of questions to you guys, how can they reach out to you?
2: The best way to reach out to us is really through our Instagram profile, because that is the channel that we are most active on. We do have our email address embedded in our Instagram profile. So if you pull up our profile, you can just send us an email Uh, through the button or the easiest way is to really just send us a direct message uh, and let us know that you are interested or that you have something on your mind that you need to talk about.
1: So yes, and after talking about it, of course, we will give phones and we will agree how to do an accompaniment and we can resolve all the doubts that you have. If it's about coaching or multicultural questions or whatever you want, we are here for you. And uh, we would love to be part of your story of love and help with our story or even with what what is in that moment your problem. Hmm.
0: What's your Instagram name?
2: What is our Instagram name? Oh, Small ah, Okay. <laughs> It's the Bart Ivoris family.
0: So we will put it in the show notes. Um, So for everyone who's interested in getting into detail about some specific things, um, if anyone has questions, um, which I'm sure you guys will have, because I still have so many. Every question deserves to get into detail so much more than we actually did already um, in the call we are having. But. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being so open-minded, also for talking about topics that are a little bit more sensitive, if you could say so, Um, especially the topic of yeah, asking herself if this could work out, packing her things a couple of times, always convincing her not to leave, and look where you made it to six years later. I mean, you started dating in 2014. You didn't know what's going to expect you. We are in 2020 now. You're living in a very nice apartment in the south of Germany. You know that your journey still didn't end. So you're going to keep on traveling uh, on so many levels, on um, moving maybe to in another country, but also on an emotional level. And you guys are so amazing if i could say that i mean it's just so inspiring to see you talking about topics that everyone has to to deal with and that's stating someone um from another culture and how you manage saying that of course it's not always easy but communication is the key and as you said before that not everything is obvious. For example, the question, hey, do you think you will settle? When are you going to settle? And how would you settle? Which is not an obvious question because settling for you guys uh, obviously means something else than for us or for someone else. Um, but to go into the detail of, of love and connecting and everything we talked about, and it's not only, hey, I'm dating someone from another culture and we're having a long distance and then we're closing the distance and everything is fine no there's so much more coming afterwards so and you always keep on working on your relationship on your bigger goal on getting better every day on making each other better to better person every day and for me it opened my eyes again how important it is to focus on what's important in life and thank you so much for that so it means a lot to me that you were so reminded that yeah you you just talked and i loved it i really enjoyed this conversation
2: i could say to people who are wanting to close the distance again be prepared to hit the wall you know the uh, <laughs> the impression hitting the wall
3: well, that, that is a little bit tough. can
2: be very frustrating and it can be very overwhelming and the wall might be looking like something that you cannot <laughs> run through but you step back and you 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 take up some energy and you knock that wall down all right
3: can
1: made it
2: you can make it it's worth it it's it's the dream living the dream and living love and it's so fulfilling and life is an adventure and take the opportunity.
1: And me, thank you very much. Our first podcast, this has been very interesting. It was super nice to meet you, both of you. I love to do this. I hope whenever you want, I would like to do it again. Yeah. I don't know more, but I will like
2: it. We can do it again.
1: Whenever you want, because I really love it. And I hope really when you start your traveling, we can meet here, and we can have fun, and we can have a dinner like a Colombian, and like met in person. I will love that. Like we said in Colombia, or I don't know. I think you're in your country too, Nacho. My house is your house, mm. so you are always
0: Mi casa es tu casa.
1: Sí, muy bien. <laughs> You're always very welcome. and Thank you. Yes, thank you for this invitation. I really love it. Thank you so much. We
4: enjoy it too.